Week 17. Almost Here. done. Almost in the novels. It's Monday morning. I'm feeling ripe. Feeling fresh. You smell ripe. New That's something I never want to hear out of your mouth again. New Year's Eve weekend, almost done. Your weekend not done yet. This right here is Mr. Jordan Reigns representing IDP Army. You see his Twitter name down there. Go give him a follow. And the reason he is here today, because he's a finalist in the Big Dog Bash, our 600-person fantasy football league that kicked off this year, first annual, first inaugural uh, NFT entry project. This dude was in the final two. He is still playing against David Matrix Rep. Yep. Represent. Um, what a matchup it's been so far. It's going to come down to Monday Night Football. We're going to talk about the matchup because we've got it up on the screen. We're going to share it with you guys in a little bit. But we wanted to uh, rip some takeaways because usually the Monday morning live streams are takeaways from the previous week to help you get prepared for the upcoming week. But it's week 17. Nobody better be playing football, fantasy football, in week 18 Uh because uh, I don't care. We're not, you know, we're, we're done. We're, we're ready to win hardware right now. We're ready to move on to it. So we figured we'd actually bounce all the way back to week one and go over a lot of the things that we got wrong. Um, and a few themes popped to my head. But before, before we, you know, get into the real details, before we get into the muck of everything, I obviously just wanted to welcome you here. You've been here for a couple of days now, so you're getting the feel of BDG, the environment, first time in New York City, first yes, time sir. on the show. Um how are you, Jordan? Excellent. I'm so happy to be here, Nick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting this tournament. Thank you for creating this space. Thank you for creating this project. Thank you for being involved with fantasy football. The industry, the culture needs people like you. And I'm happy to be here. Like I said, I'm, I'm stoked. I didn't pay him that much to He's say all these things. never paid me a dime, ever. <laughs> um, I need to win, though. Let's just talk about brass tacks. I'm down right now. I'm down and out. I'm on number two spot. I don't love that feeling. I got a great competitor I'm up against right now, my man David. He's also a Steelers fan, so I'm okay with David taking it home, but I don't love it, okay? But that's the thing. It's not over yet. It's coming down to Monday night. I have Josh Allen. I have Devin Singletary and T. Higgins tonight. So, um, yeah, I'm fucking hyped. This is what I love. Fantasy football is what I love. I love the culture of fantasy. I love the culture of competition. I love, like, being up against guys and with people who, you know, want to make me better as an individual, as a creator, and as a fantasy football player. And right now I'm in the fucking mecca for that, and I couldn't excited so uh, hell yeah Ten thousand shares of our company on the line assuming you take the shares instead of the cash prize um so yeah if any of you guys play in idp leagues if you need any stats and stuff on that this man is the place to go for it his name is idp army so he's got you covered there make sure you go uh make sure you go hit that mostly um, idp all fantasy football it's the whole thing all football the full culture the draft you know the the, the draft of the fantasy draft the f draft of the nfl draft you know the players on the field I love football. I love the culture of football. It's not something I grew up in, but it's something that as I've gotten older, as you know, as I've grown into a man um, and transitioned from a boy to a man, it's been a, it's been a fascinating industry and a fascinating product to, to be a part of. You know, it's funny. I feel like uh, most dudes probably in the fantasy space did not grow up in like the football uh, culture, culture, if yeah. you would say, you know, I, I didn't, I fell in no. love with like fantasy football when I was younger, but I didn't mm -hmm. play. I didn't really get into it, into it until, you know, probably like my mid-teens and now, you know, I can't fucking stop watching the, the damn yeah. thing. It's addictive. I mean, it's like the most amazing sports product that exists. I mean, it's a product. Let's call it what it is, but it's so good. Like we come back for more. 
you meet people everywhere on this planet who know what American football is. You know, you say football, you have to distinguish it sometimes. You know, it's American football, but people know what it is. It's, it's that big. So. Hell yeah! So let's um let's let's talk about you know it, it's it's a great sport. It's a great branch of of things that can get into a million different pieces. Fantasy football being our particular niche over here. Let's talk about some of the things that we learned or we fucked up or um you know anything from this year that we're taking away from it and i'll let you kind of take the mic first and and riff and and tell you and tell us where you fucked up all right well in this particular draft i fucked up by not getting a second dope quarterback which leads me to the biggest thing that i'm taking away from this year which is not Late round quarterback is dead, but maybe not dead. When you say second, you're referring to super flex leagues. Yeah, Most of my audience yeah. plays in super flex, but just want to differentiate there. Yeah. It's the haves or have nots a quarterback anymore. You know what I mean? Like we just saw it's week 17. Who was on the field? Gardner Minshew was on the field. Mike White's on the field. Carson Wentz is back on the field, you know, after missing the whole season. We got Baker Mayfield out there playing for the Rams. You never know what's going to happen at quarterback, especially with those guys that 32 teams. There's about eight to 10 that you can really count on being there for you throughout the season. I think I saw a tweet the other day that said there was 64 starting quarterbacks this year in the NFL, which tied the most of all time in a single season. And I'm sure probably by next week, we will probably have a 65th, if I remember correctly, somewhere. And that will probably set the record. So it's big time fucking carousel right now. Yep. Jacoby Brissett played a bunch. Deshaun Watson played a bunch. But it's the has and have nots. I think you need to build a team around a solid quarterback. I was lucky to get Josh Allen, and I wanted to come back and get a good second one because I think having that second guy is going to set you apart. But you have to have that number one quarterback this year. Late round quarterback, you don't want to play that game anymore. Like those days are gone. I don't necessarily think you can win with that strategy unless you get everything else right. So that's yeah, like I, my I, big takeaway. From I, I think um, I think that's going to be the big shift. Like everyone's going to be kind of talking about that, how for so long it was late round quarterback and it was cool to like grab the guy that would give you 17 fantasy points per game. And the whole edge there was the fact that like quarterbacks at the end of the drafts or quarterback 15 to 20 were scoring just a few points per game less than the quarterback 10 or whatever. Not the case anymore. We're seeing a huge jump in like athleticism, rushing production, and just like top end production overall. So getting a guy like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, you know, Joe Burrows, the guys that were like really, really up top this year were the things that separated you, whether you're in a super flex or one quarterback league. I would say it even probably yep. is more important in one quarterback now because they're so top heavy and they actually make up a bigger percentage of the points that you score on a weekly right. basis. So uh, we will see a huge shift in like the way people approach um, QBs because of the top heavy scoring shit. So that was definitely one of the first things I saw. And a lot of quarterbacks that a lot of people like this year fell short. And I saw a really significant reasoning as to why it was, and it was the downplay of offensive lines and how good or bad they were. And I like what comes to mind, like Matt, I was a big believer in Matt Ryan because I was like, okay, you know what? I don't think his arm is still there because I've been Falcons fans. I watch him. I'm like, he, he's kind of been shot, but it's because the Falcons were asking him to be like a game changer, whereas I thought he would come into the Colts and be a game manager. But I believe that because I thought the Colts offensive line was going to be legit. They fell apart quickly, which is what we saw Jonathan Taylor like revert back to not not a shitty running back, but a, a running back that had trouble making a lot on his own without big holes because he's a burst kind of guy. He's not necessarily like super shifty or anything. And I think like with Matt Ryan, that was a problem. He was getting sacked way too often. He had so much pressure. So if you have a shitty arm, you have a lot of pressure, like you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to get things done. We saw like Tom Brady kind of started to look old because the Tampa Bay line took so many injuries. Matt Stafford, same thing, so many injuries, offensive line play. So a lot of the quarterbacks that I think did well versus didn't do well 
a lot of it had to do with like understanding offensive line, whether or not the offensive line was good or progressing in the right direction. Like Trevor Lawrence, for instance, you know, bad offensive line last year, but you could see them getting it together yep. and that helped him get it together as the, uh, as the year progressed. So offensive line, I think is, you know, always underrated as we look at it per um, quarterbacks and fantasy football, but it's something that I'll be paying attention to much more clearly going into next year. Yeah. Uh, just to, piggyback off that you know the, the offensive line is essentially an extension of your quarterback you know mm -hmm. and if you don't have a good offensive line no matter how good your quarterback is he's going to suffer production wise and the final point on that too is we've seen the nfl's changes you know the leashes are getting shorter if you can't get the job done in three four five games they'll pull you out now and they'll put somebody else in you know we don't you don't do a whole season of being crappy unless you're Trevor Lawrence at this point and get to come back next year. You get three, four, five games, and they're pulling you out. You know, look at Kenny Pickett. There was – well, he got hurt, but they put in Trubisky, or Trubisky started the year, didn't he? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like the 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 franchise quarterback, the, the Tom Brady, the Peyton Manning, those guys don't exist anymore, but they do. There's only a couple of them, though. It's Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. And I'm almost worried to even put anybody else besides Joe Burrow into that category. Yeah, even Justin Herbert – even Jalen Hurts, because they're a, they're a different kind of quarterback. I think Justin Herbert's got what it takes. But Jalen, Hur Jalen Hurts is a little bit different with the rushing thing, a little more on that Lamar Jackson path. But I think he's better than Lamar. But like I said, it's just the, the, the leash is shorter now, and we have so many more options. And coaches are learning how to win with different kinds of quarterbacks. You don't have to stand in the pocket and throw for 4,500 yards to be a game-changing quarterback a la – a la, um, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Daniel exactly, Jones, exactly. even yesterday. Like they're getting it done in, in exactly. so many different ways. And uh I think rushing's that, not an afterthought anymore either. Like I think no. coaches and I think front offices see the value of the fact that if a guy on third and nine and he doesn't see anything instead of throwing it, can actually just go. And if he's good, instead of going for that nine yards, some of these Justin Fields, he goes 60, 70 yards on these runs. You know, if you have a guy that can do that, that takes away, you know, three or four different throwing plays. That takes away opportunities to turn the ball over. The game is evolving in real time right before our eyes. And I think it's important for us as fantasy managers to to understand that and adjust and evolve with the game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like the top top seven fantasy quarterbacks right now as of the end of this week, and some of them didn't play all their games and shit, but Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Like if you look at all of them, they have – relatively high production in the rushing category. Like Mahomes is only at 330, but he has four rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen, 750. Jalen Hurts, 750. Joe Burrow, 250, but five touchdowns. Justin Fields, you know, a, a zillion. Geno Smith, 315. Daniel Jones, 700. So it's like you need some sort of uh, edge in the rushing category, whether it's being in a good offense to score the goal line carries, right? Because you might not have a lot of rushing production per se from a yardage standpoint, but if your team is good enough to get you onto the goal line, like you'll get a share of the goal line sneaks or giving you that chance to get a five-yard run into the end zone or whatever. So those are two things that you need to be looking at um, from a perspective of fantasy quarterbacks. But on that same note, it's like I think buying into running backs that are in a, a different – um, we're so used to like wanting the workhorses that get a million touches. And it's just so rare that that actually happens nowadays. So I feel like we need to kind of get away from the stigma of like, we need the dude who's going to get 20 carries and six catches, but dudes like, I mean, Austin Eckler's they obviously barely exist. There's they, only like three of them. And yeah. If you're not that guy who gets them, you have to start thinking other ways to compensate for that. You're right. I want to circle right back to the quarterbacks. So this is actually fascinating. Sure. I'm seeing this in real time. Kirk cousins this year, who's basically the dad pocket quarterback now, who's not Aaron Rodgers. Career year rushing yards, I'm seeing this right now, 329. So even the guys who stand around in the pocket, who are goofy, whatever. Wait, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins this year. 97 rushing yards. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking. I'm looking at sack yards. Okay, whoa. That's, that's, okay, <laughs> that's like that, makes, that makes a little more sense. Okay, 97. Okay, okay, okay. So he's still Q, QB nine on the year, though. He does have two rushing touchdowns. Good offense. They're scoring a lot of points. So I guess I would. That could work. But yeah, no. Kirk. Kirk can okay, get that, it done. Yeah, that, that was a bad example. That was a bad example. Kirk's gonna stay in the pocket. He's gonna be in the cement. He's gonna get sacked. It's fine. Don't. <laughs> he's also number four overall in passing yardage, though. But the, I, but I think that speaks like you have to he have could be that a good. You can't run right. He, he could be a good run, QB one, QB eight to like twelve range. But if you're really trying to get to the upper tier, the upper echelon, and you don't even need to be that great at running the ball. Like Geno Smith is QB six or whatever, but he's that that rushing upside that he has is it not exists. necessarily like crazy upside but it makes a difference between being quarterback 11 and, and quarterback six in the uh in the scheme of things but going back to like what i was talking about is you know we're seeing every year guys like aaron jones and austin eckler and like travis Etienne being diversified in terms of like they're the upside plays at running back that can get it done and i think looking forward to next year like Najee Harris is going to be like a two down back to get some goal line work. I would be shocked if Jalen Warren does not play like a very, very big part or a big role in that backfield because he's really explosive. And I think we're going to continue to see more uh, committees in backfields like that. And we have to be open to the fact that like you and me love Jarek McKinnon in the offseason. He's a guy who just kind of needed the right situation. We always knew he was athletic. He never got the chance, but he, he didn't need the chance of getting 20, 20 carries. He just needed the chance of getting the Alvin Kamara type role. So I think, uh, situation and like how you're going to be used is probably more important than volume. being shoved into a, a weird type of yeah empty yeah. calorie volume. The, the volume play in fantasy is starting to go away. It's starting to become a little bit more about where is this happening? And that's the thing with Jarek McKinnon. He gets in on the two and four minute offense. He gets in around the goal line. No matter what, how many touches he gets, those touches are worth more, you know, because they have higher upside available to them, closer to them than some of these other two down guys. Um, so it, it, it's funny to, to you brought up the Steelers, which I want to touch on that because circling back to like the NFL changing, you're right. You know, Mike Tomlin has never really been a guy to play more than one running back. Mm -hmm. And I've watched him this year, which I'm so proud to be a Steelers fan because I'm seeing Mike Tomlin stop, like not change who he is, but he's adjusting as a coach. He is playing Jalen Warren more. He so did. He should be. Yeah. yeah. When he brought Trubisky back out after there for a little while, he started running him a little bit more. He's able to adjust. And I think that adaptability and understanding how the variables around you change, like you said, we are going to see a, a, this continued shift. Even Austin Eckler, looking at his snap counts, you know, 44% of snaps this week, but he was the RB1 this week, right? I mean, he had 35 points. Only 44% of snaps. That's not workhorse numbers. You know what I mean? So you could hold that against him. But if you can see past that, understand. The but we usage. also, we know exactly like what his usage exactly. is going to be. And it's very high value touches. Exactly. And like that. So don't waste time going into the analytics of how he has fucking 52% of snaps when another running back is mm -hmm. 70%, but only gets used on early downs and shit like that. Some guys are just efficient. Literally, it's okay to say this guy is a little different. There are outliers. I mean, this is the NFL. This is the top 1% of the top 1%. In that group, there's going to be a guy who stands out in every locker room doing something. And again, Austin Eckler is a great example too, undrafted player, and he just owns the league right now, and he owns social media too. Shout out Austin Eckler. Yeah, dude. He, yeah, he's kind of just killing it all he's around. He's like a pop culture icon. Literally, in the fantasy space is pretty cool. I can't. I've never ever heard anyone say anything negative about him ever, and I can't imagine what you would say. Yeah. Um. I got a question. Like when you're drafting, uh, in the season, say say you did like five season long drafts in the summer, whatever, right? Are you going in what, – what's, like, a general strategy when you're going into it? Are you, like, I want to start – are you just going to differentiate all the five different drafts? Are you are you always, like, let me go with two running backs first then solidify wide receivers? Or what kind of strategy do you have in this case? My general strategy in a lot of my – is I go for my guys. A lot of my okay. teams look the same, which is crazy because I'm here in the bash. I have a team just like this bash team that didn't even make the playoffs in my home dynasty league. 
You know what I mean? But I still, those guys were still good. Mm -hmm. They got me here. You know what I mean? So I target particular guys. When I draft, I usually look for players that I see differently than most people. Landmines is what I call them. Michael Pittman was a landmine for me this year. So I just avoided him. You know what I mean? There are certain players where I'm like, I'm okay missing it because I feel like it's skewing the other direction. So when I go into drafts, it's more like that. I'll have a guy, so I'll be like, okay, in this round, I'm targeting this running back or these two receivers. And it's like, I don't really care which one I get. I just know I don't want these other guys. Okay. You know what I mean, that's kind of my process. And I do end up with a lot. Of, I mean, I have so many teams that look exactly the same, which is another thing I think is interesting in fantasy because people talk about variation and all this. And it, there is such a huge luck factor. Who do I play this week? You know, this team in this league might be number one, but this team in a different league, because it might not even make the playoffs. Yeah, because I uh, something I always talk about is like diversifying the revenue, not only in business but in fantasy football. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a bunch of different leagues, I go into it like the first thing I usually say. This is a video that I make every year when I'm like ten things that I fucked up. The first thing I always say is like we're all gonna fuck up a whole lot of things, right? Like in gambling, the best gamblers in the world hit like fifty seven percent of their bets. Same thing in fantasy football. Like if you have two guys ADP the same exact spot, you know, number 36 and 37, one of them's going to hit, one of them's not. Yep. It's a coin flip. Like you're not better than anyone else at doing it. Yes. That's why it's like, okay, I, I don't like that guy, but I acknowledge it. There's just as good a chance he hits and the guy that I don't like or the guy that I like doesn't hit. So when I draft teams, if I'm on like the clock or whatever, unless I feel super fucking strongly about a player, of course I'll go after him, but you know, I'll diversify on two different teams. Like for instance, I had, um, two drafts this year that were close together that I had the chance to draft Saquon or Najee Harris. Right. And in one draft, I got Najee Harris one draft. The next time I was like, you know, I got Saquon because I was like, I want to, mm -hmm. what if I go Najee Harris in both of them and he flops, you I'm gonna look like an idiot. Them, right. Yeah. And Saqu exactly. So like good it, half the time at least. Yeah. And I just like how that, like, uh, I don't know that that's worked for me in fantasy. It also gives you upside on a lot of different teams and gives you the, uh, the ability to just maneuver around in, in a bunch of different ways. I think it makes the game more fun. Um, but one thing that I did take away from this year was I've always been like super running back heavy. I've always been like, I want to get my guys early because everyone else is like stinks later on. This year, I went with a completely different approach where I was like, I think I'm cool getting like one running back early. And every team that I've had just rotating the RB2 slot between who's like the hot pick that week just works, works really, really, really well. So I focused on elite tight ends. Every team I had this year either had Kelsey or Mark Andrews and looked really good at the beginning, but Andrews obviously fell off a little bit, but anyone that had Kelsey was fantastic. And Andrews showed up last night in the championship when I needed him. But point being was getting the QBs, the tight ends, and then stacking as many good wide receivers as I could, who I know will be good throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. Maybe not great, but they'll be good. Whereas if you miss on those early round running backs, like they're going to be bust bust. So I was like, you know, my championship game yesterday, I'd like Tyler Algier as my RB2. And I was picking between him and like Singletary and Algier was like great RB2 choice. Ended up with 16 or whatever. But you get a bunch of those guys. Like I was playing some Aji Pirine as my RB2 for like three weeks in a row. And I was like, that chipped together. Yeah, so many wins for me. Yep. So I was like, the RB2 slot first, I always thought the uh, the running back slots were like so crazily important across the board. But I'm like, RB2 is kind of like late round quarterback. Yep. Whereas once you get past like the 20, 20 spot or even like 15 spot, they're all kind of all the, the same. same. And you can get backups on the waiver wire way easier than you can get the backup, you know, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, whatever. Yep. I actually right here on my notes, I have, it's okay to draft an RB in the dead zone. I don't even think it's okay. I almost feel like it's imperative to draft an RB in the zone. Because what you said, half the guys in the first round are going to flop. Half the guys in the second round will flop. Half the guys in the fifth and sixth round are going to flop. It's no different. All you're doing is the, the risk. Instead of risking that top-end pick where it's like, okay, I can take C.D. Lamb or Najee Harris. Who's more likely to bust? Bro, in this draft, the E-Town get-down, I took Najee Harris over Cooper Cup. Well, I mean, that, that 
ended up working out a little bit towards the end mm, here. It was too late. But, by or, that but exactly, it's too late. But like that, that was like I, my mindset with that was like I knew like it was very very clear Cooper Cup's a better fantasy player. But I was like I want to get this this running back solidify the position yep. and then worry about it later. Whereas because I should have just taken fucking Cooper Cup. Yeah, because this year it was like when you got to Najee, it was like after that it got scary. It that's was like where it was, it was a like drop off. it was like the dead zone started at the top around two. And I didn't year. even like Najee. Najee was like on my he was the number one guy on like my all fade list, but he dropped into the second round like later into it and I was like mm, let me it. just get my RB one. That's when the volume argument mistake. comes into play and it's like okay you got me like I'll take. 260 touches even if they're the worst touches in football here at the back end of the second yeah no i mean it didn't it didn't play out great but um you know it hey, is it's, what it's it is a good you strategy live. i mean you, you got you know and again if you picked a different player you know uh who was another guy that that in that area that you could have taken etn here towards the end it's kind of actually come on strong you know if you well, etn taken, was much later in the draft this was like probably the 204 205 okay. in a super flex league so there was a lot of really good options on the board and i All went right. Najee, even though i didn't like him Ugh, gives me fucking the jitters, bro. I was hard in on Najee this year, just getting because of the volume. Um, but the Steelers, the Steelers just couldn't. They don't have enough goal line equity. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna get the touches. He's talented. That's obvious. But it's like if for a power back like that, I want him on the goal line two times a game. I don't think the Steelers. The Steelers can barely put up. The offense points. wasn't good enough. Yeah, and I felt like he, there's no chance that he was catching as many passes as he did the year before. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he would he get seven. Like more than I think he was like yeah seventy five or some like shit 90, like that. That was insane. And I was like, yeah, it was because they were number one or two in the league in pass rate. And I was like, there's no way that if they're planning on starting Mitch Trubisky, you think their plan is going to be to be number two in the pass rate? Like no chance. Like okay, Najee might get another forty carries, but yeah. if it's forty less targets, I'm like, I don't really want a part of that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a it was dead a zone RB. There. Dead zone RB. That's that's my thing this year. Josh Jacobs was a dead zone RB. Singletary. Okay, he's not God this year, but he is a good top enough for an 20. RB too. He's a top twenty running back. I got him in the ninth round of the bash. You know what I mean? Like guys like this, high powered offense. Jarek McKinnon. My strategy with Jarek McKinnon, who's on my bash team, is I took Ceh. I didn't think CEH is special. I don't give a – I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan. I don't care. It's He's the running back for a high-powered team. I'm going to get his backup too. So I got Jarek McKinnon. And like you said, because I was able to rotate when CEH went out, Jarek McKinnon in, Jarek McKinnon in, that's been huge for me, like massive for me. I mean, I've gotten 20 points the last three weeks in a row, the most important weeks of the bash. You know what I mean? I finished as the top guy in, uh, last week and the week before. That was all Jarek McKinnon. That wasn't me. Yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon's been a fucking animal. When you look at the other – Dead zone running back. So you have Josh Jacobs, who's the RB2 right now in half PPR, but you had Tony Pollard, you had Ramondre Stevenson, you had Miles Sanders, you had Jamal Williams, Miles you Sanders. had like Travis Etienne, you had uh, Zeke was basically a dead zone running back this year. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was way later, but like David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. Yep. So you have this plethora of guys. Like you look at the top 24, they're a mix of guys that were drafted early, but also a bunch of dudes that were drafted later on. So I, yeah, so I am probably going to be hitting zone, that strategy. Dead zone running back, I'm in. You know, and that's the thing too. It's like, when people zigzag, you know, if everybody's anti dead zone running back, maybe it's time to look into that. And that was literally my thought process was like, so you got to get back to late round quarterback. Well, exactly. Well, we got <laughs> yeah. one more year. We got to yeah. get everybody in with us and then we get ahead of them. You know what I'm saying? I tell you, that's literally how you win. You have to be ahead of the curve. It's like everything's a bell shaped curve. You want to get in on that early side. You know, you don't want to be in the middle. The middle might feel safe. You know, the middle might look safe. But that's not where you're really going to get get what's good. Animal, well, he can't, to be he can't see the comments, unfortunately. But Amal comments said this, the Chiefs are overrated. Yeah, well, the Broncos fucking suck. <laughs> Sorry about you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get into the bash right now. Okay, Bats. so this is the matchup that we currently have between Jordan and. 
David. Now, David was in the office yesterday. Let me zoom in a little yeah, bit. I want to give David a little shout-out. He's also a Steelers fan. I came all the way to this week talking mad shit, saying I'm going to dunk on everybody. It's on site. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. David's a cool enough guy. I'm happy to be going up against him. This whole experience has been awesome. Win, lose, or draw, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, David. So uh, thanks, bud. So Jordan is a Green Ranger. He's down 25 going into tonight, but he's sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, Josh Allen, Singletary, and T. Higgins. David's got digs. So realistically, for David to pull it off, he's going to need a, you know, a decent amount of that Allen production to go towards Stefan Diggs. But overall, I mean, it's crazy how this, this dwindles down. You know, 600 people in this tournament. You're a team of destiny. You called your shot from the very beginning. You backed Back up this, June. You backed up this project when you know thing when the flames were fucking high and the oil was doused. You were you were still on and on it, defending it. And this is the final team right here. You know, you look at Mike White in that lineup. You look at Jarek McKinnon in that lineup. Uh, on the flip side, he's got Kenny Pickett. He's got Cam Akers. You got Zay Jones. You got dudes that were left for dead that are there. And that's like the beauty of fantasy football. It's just love it. So much craziness. Love it. Cam, literally, my man David was down like 50 points last week, and he got into the bash this final round by one point because Cam Akers went the fuck off last week. Like, that's special. Like, that's the stuff you remember in fantasy football, right? Like, everybody can remember your first season, the first time something crazy like that happened. Down and out. Monday night, I remember, never forget Tyreek Hill, who I love. There was a Monday night when he put up like 50 points, and I needed 49 points. Like, I'm Jeez. getting goosebumps, but you don't forget crazy, that yeah. stuff. You don't, and that's why he's on my team. You know what I mean? Like, I ride with my guys. So I'm, I also got to give a shout out to League 31. We had some awesome people in there. Snapback Jack was in there. Cali Dog was in there. Anna was in there. Anna's the only person in the bash who ever beat me. So shout out to Anna. Yeah, you almost ran the entire fucking thing undefeated. I was this close. I was this close to being an, a true legend. So, but I got to prop myself up now. I just you're still here. You still, you're still part of the brand now forever. Okay. You're ingrained forever, especially. In, I mean, you got the NFT. You're getting shares regardless of what place you finish in. Also, if you guys want to follow along with this matchup, this is just on BigDogBash.com, B-I-G-D-O-G-Bash.com. Uh, so these these scores will be updated as Monday Night Football is being played out. A lot on the line here, man. So um, let's let's talk about the project a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about the overall project of it. So for the, again, for those of you guys that are new, we launched this league this year. Six hundred people. Uh, in order to get in, you had to purchase one of the BDG three passes, which was our first uh, NFT which allowed you access into our holders lounge, which is in the office. It allowed you into this, this league amongst a few other different uh, perks that you got. And it's been quite a, uh, quite a wild ride. I would say it's our first yeah. iteration of it. And the first lesson I've learned from this is like, this was not just a project. This was an entire business in itself running. This was something that we worked um, months and months on to make sure that we had the logistics down. I'm talking, talking with lawyers, talking with Web3 agencies, talking with creators, getting that promo video going and shit. Mm -hmm. Took months and months to do. Um, with anything like that, with anything that's new and more innovative, of course, there's going to be road bumps along the way. But you were someone who was just as excited as we were internally, which is so cool that you got to the finals because you were a supporter of it the entire time. And now you're, I mean, you're in it for life. 
I yeah, and it, it, it's it's wild. Like it's the the back end. If you guys have watched any of this, if you've followed Nick, me, or any of that, like just to get here, the path, like we couldn't even explain it to you. It's insane. You know what I'm saying? Like we're gonna try though, because we got a vlog coming out on Wednesday where gonna, we documented everything. Amen, amen. Every Wednesday this year, amen. No, amen. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it's been awesome to be a part of. You know, to to watch you guys initially put it out and it got all the hype, and then. With anything in life, there's pushback. Some people don't understand things. People are are worried. People are afraid. People are they feel intimidated by it. They don't understand it. You guys powered through. It would have been so easy to be like, you know what? You're right. Shut it down. We'll just do our usual stuff. But you don't think like that. You don't do that. You say, how can I make we, this We happen? were close. We were close. I know. I know. I know. But that's the thing. You, you found a way. That's commendable. That's respectable. And that that's why you guys as a business and as a, as a brand continue to grow because you, you do commit to what you guys commit to, you know, and that's something that I have mad respect for and why I did kind of feel like, okay, this is my chance to to show support to somebody who I, you know, low key have been creeping on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you're probably over here. Like I'm talking to you like, Oh, I don't follow your shit, but I'm telling you your whole life story. Uh, and, oh, but it's been, it's been awesome, you know, like to, to be a part of it and to, to know that I actually kind of like helped it kind of get off the ground away. Cause there was pushback, you know, but I was like, all right, I'll go to bat for these guys. Cause you guys, there, there weren't many people defending. us. Well, yeah. you guys can't really defend yourselves either because it's like, it's obviously going to come from a place of bias. Like yeah. we want you to do that. But I was just like, this is where I can come in as a completely, as a person who is not associated with BDG at all, as someone who is NFTs and fantasy football and just speak from a place of a level of like, I want to say authority, but knowledge and be like, this is cool. This is industry changing. And if you can't see that, that's on you. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to tell you, that's what I see, you know, and you can take it or leave it. And it's, it's been awesome to be a part of, like you said, you, it, there's been changes made. You know, but being in the discord, talking to some of the people I've been able to talk to, just the community, it's not like crazy, crazy, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It's the people who are there that made it. You know what I mean? Um, the kazoo or what was that game we played? Kahoot. I fucking sucked at that game. That was fun. They were I fucking cheating. They were I cheaters. I literally came in. Well, I came in like last place. Yeah. Well, cheaters or none. <laughs> well, because, here's the thing. People play. So people play Kahoot in high school. I don't know if it's actually like a quid, like teachers count on the grades or whatever, but because it was a thing in high school, like people created websites where you could cheat. So Lots. you put the URL of Kahoot in. And that's why like some guys ripped off 35 out of 35. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy, how yeah. does he know a question about animals opinion on something? That so he got, got the back end of. Yeah. Of so we knew really they were cheating, but that's also like the story of how exactly th that like expresses our, our brand. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, that's kind of funny that someone like cheated. We still sent them ETH. Like pretty sure we sent that guy like $500, even though we fucking cheated. Cause we didn't know until afterwards. Watching it in real time as the person who basically came in last place too, was so frustrating. Yeah. I was like, this guy, I was like, this guy's a god. I was, I was like, rooting for him to lose. I was like, this is bullshit. I, I was, was in like, my he mind. Got he's every answer right. I felt so dumb. But then I was like, okay, it wasn't him. All right. All right. I respect, I respect the hustle. But then the last bit of the th the last part that I really love about this is how you you opened up the, you know, your Discord to to the creator workshop, you know, and to giving people access to you to talk to you. We didn't do like a whole, whole bunch of them. It wasn't like a million people in there, but the, the intimacy of that, the ability to talk, you know, I was, those are awesome. Yeah. Those, those were, were very awesome. powerful. Yeah, they were. And it's like, there's no, it wasn't pressure. You know, it wasn't like we're making content. It's like, we are people going through an experience together and I have knowledge. You have knowledge. I have experience. You have experience. And I'm an I'm open book to you because you guys are supporting me. I want to give back into you. That was just so cool to see happen in real time, come to fruition. I'm in other NFT projects. And like I say flippantly, but I really mean it. It's like this is the most utility I've gotten out of any NFT project I've ever had. And I have two wallets full of fuck tons of <laughs> NFTs. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. All right. You know so, I mean? so speaking on that, you know, this is one of the more useful NFTs you said. Let's talk about some of the improvements we can make, like going into next year. I know you got a, you have a, a whole list of things that you'd like to see. 
uh, improved upon. And like I said, I need to have a little bit of a mindset shift. We need to have a mindset shift internally about how this is not just like a, a project to us. This is not like, hey, let's meet once a week and maybe throw some ideas around. This almost needs to be operated as its own entire business in order for it to reach like the fruition, for it to reach the level of ceiling that I think you and me both have. Um, can see. Yeah, can see and where we can see this project going long term. So we need I need to really think about like how we actually approach this. But let's yeah, let's let's snowball some uh, some ideas on how you think improving this could could work. What, well, one of the easy things I sent you an email halfway through the season, which is good some email, ideas. Yeah. But what, one of the things I think is, you know, the NFT community, a lot of it's built on PFPs, you know, finding your community, being able to identify people who are like minded, invested likewise in the same community. So the pass in general, it says the BDG, you know, it's the BDG pass. I think next year or for like whenever you update the metadata or if you drop a second collection, I think personally it would be super cool to do one of each of the 12 draft spots as a different breed of dog, kind of like underdog has their dog avatars. And that way in every league, you have one dog brand, you know, dog represented, you know, it could be a border collie, it could be a pit bull, there's a basset hound, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, there's one in every league. So even though you have the camaraderie with the guys in your league, now I'm connected to somebody in every single league. So there's a border collie in every league. There's a pit bull in every league. And then you can siphon those people off, you know, based on their, their draft positions. Exactly. Yeah. And they can talk about who am I taking at my, you know, the pit bulls. Who's everybody? What's the, what's the number one pit bull pick at number four? You know, is it Justin Herbert? Or are we all going to, you know, what are we doing? And you commune with those people. And you're able to continue to foster that, that relationship in that community. As in like the bash is the community. That's the umbrella. As you go down, it's like I have my league mates, okay, but I also have like my dogs. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like we're, and it's like now if I win, the whole fucking squad's up. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not just I won. And then all we the we could have won. things where like if the pitbulls win or whatever, here's like another thing that comes Legacy. with that. And then yeah. it's like pitbulls three in a row. It's like bro, like y'all gotta get your shit together. And you start building out this sort of narrative and yeah. this 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 competitive nature. Now it's like. I want to be a pit bull. Well, guess what? Price just went up on pit bulls, my guy, because yeah. we don't fuck around over here. And that kind of community engagement, the ability for the communities to to work together and kind of add more value and just make it fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really cool thing of something we could or you could. We, you could do in the future. <laughs> I mean, you're you know? part of it, dude. I know. And we'll I think definitely that be using be cool. your input and feedback throughout. I, I think that would be, just be so cool to do. And I think that's something even underdog, the way they do their dogs and stuff. I feel like there's just a little left out. You know, you want to make it to where it's shareable. You want people to have pride. So many people I've run into on Twitter because of BDG, they're, you know, their, their avatars are just, I don't know, like a four leaf clover or something. They would definitely rock a BDG fucking basset hound. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, I feel you. you I think that saying? was one of the things that we, to be completely honest with you, like, I'm lo- I looked at the project and I was like, here are like the 10 things that we need to do. We need to have like the smart contract. We need to talk to sleepers so that we can get the league set up, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And then the last on that list was pretty much like the art. Yep. I'm like, listen, I get like the NFT. Cause again, I think differently than the way I see normal projects like NFT. I understand everything went around profile pictures. I'm like, that has no value to anybody. So that's mm-hmm. the last thing I'm going to think about. The, the purity thing. of like the va- the utility is what I'm thinking about. The artwork, it's, no one's joining this league because the artwork is cool. <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying as like a secondary value piece. So we put in a lot less effort. But that again comes back to the fact that like we need to think of it as a business. When you're running a business, you need a designer. You need someone who's actually like focusing on that rather than like last minute. Put, like, my sister did the BDG three passes. She like created those mm-hmm. and we worked with her to uh, – to to a to a bit of a degree, we probably not on on top of it as we should have been. We didn't give her any sort of like direction really with it. So that was kind of the end result of it. I still kind of like how it came out. Uh, I do too. I I love that. I think I get the, what you're saying. Those like PFP. Mentality. Yeah. But yeah. As, as the community grows, as we double from six to 12, 1800, whatever, 
people are going to want to find their people within that community. And that's an easy, that's a signal. It's a signal. Okay. You're a Labrador. Okay. You're a Husky. And one thing I like too, about the fact that you didn't do this to your one, this can be a huge part of year two. You can go into the discord and say every three weeks for the next, whatever, we are going to talk. People share pictures, whatever, have a competition, vote, whatever. What breed of dog do you all want to bring in here? Make that like a thing where people get to, to decide, you know, because I mean, dog people are dog people. You know, I mean, I have a list here of like 10 dog breeds. Probably three of them won't make it. It's just like <laughs> engage with the community. We could find mascots. You know what I mean? Find yeah. somebody whose dog is just the coolest freaking dog in the bash. Make that like the one of one. I mean, again, it's, it's about the culture and the community that you've already put together. And again, I just I love that you stuck to it. Because there's so much cool shit you can layer on top of it now that you've got this baseline done. First year's done. Week 17, I'm the last person he's got to deal crazy. with this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like now it's like you have the foundation. You have the cornerstone. Like so many people don't even have that. That's big. You know what I'm saying? That's what big. else? Keep ripping. What else do I got here? Um, I had a couple of things. I like the, the make it more league. You know, like it's going to get bigger. And I like the idea of, you know, well, I like the idea of me, you know, being like, you know, if I win, being the biggest dog, my league can be like a cool league, you know, maybe make it one of the special leagues yeah. or whatever. But as you, you know, how many um of those leagues did you have that were, what did you call them? Rare. The rare league. So five, maybe add, five out of 50. So like maybe add like a sixth. And so every year the champion, if they come back, they're now like, that's like Best a special champ, league. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or sick, yeah. you can even do something crazy. Where it's like only the top, like the top 10 people from last year. Now they're all in a league together. So it's like the Ooh, best of the best. I mean, yeah. there's so much you could do and then it's not even about coming in first or second it's getting top 10 and guess what as this gets bigger and bigger to 2000 3000 5000 getting in the top 100 is going to be a huge badge you know what i mean like as it, it's going to mean something so to me like it's just again you showing people that like if you can do this if you're a part of this like we want you to to, to feel that like you you made it you know yeah. I mean? like you and we, did and we tried worthwhile. to like specialize those leagues and the way we did that was through having like fantasy people that were you know amongst the industry that people would be excited about playing against and we did we definitely had people that were like pumped like hey i yeah. beat if people come in the lounge like oh, i beat josh norris this year like that was like the highlight of the bash for me or whatever and i think that had a little bit of pull but again because these are uh projects that you buy into the people who actually paid their hard-earned money are the ones that really engage with it and are like i'm taking this fucking seriously we gave out like 40 to 45 free ones i believe to influencers some of the lawyers we worked with whatever just friends mm -hmm. and shit like that and those are people that didn't take it as seriously because they didn't you know if they lose they didn't lose anything it wasn't exactly. their money on the line i think that was the learning process for us and i still i'll probably still give it away to people that i thought were engaging or people that i really really fuck with that i'm like close with but Absolutely. definitely won't be people that i found weren't really like engaging or and i never fun. i never gave it to them saying like you got to promote it or you have to like ever advertise it on your channel or tweet about it or anything like that because I, I feel like that's corny and i would never do that transactional but, relationships are yeah just, exactly yeah. they're not real relationships exactly. so it was like you know if you wanted to do it do it and i just found that most of them just didn't want to do it for whatever reason they didn't want i could see a lot of them maybe thought about doing it at first a lot of them were in the promo video they were like no fucking problem make the video and then when shit went down in the summer they were probably like i'm gonna be a little bit more hands-off with this and i want to get involved and like nick's going to prison guys i got a big fucking brain <laughs> over here i don't forget i don't forget shit all right so like everything's everything's here and that's a, another thing where it's like those are supposed to be some somewhat like legacy leagues, you know, people get excited about. I think they were if they got into a league with like a celebrity in the yeah. fantasy space or whatever. But it's like I'd rather because we made this project from a point of view of like this is for our audience. We kind of got away from that rather than being like the special leagues are the ones that are like the baddest motherfuckers in our audience rather mm -hmm. than the ones out there. So I think that that was another learning lesson for us for sure. Hey, and that's totally fine. And like I said, you're like that's why I'm so freaking happy that I have my past right now because these things are only going to go up in value. 
You know what I mean? Because you guys are taking it seriously, and you saw it through. Like I said, one other thing I did have here um, was a pack star. So if you did do the thing where you did like a the different animal breeds. That also allows you to have certain people, like let's say you do have an influencer or somebody who actually does take it seriously that's a pit bull. Mm-hmm. Now they, you have somebody that you can create content around that kind of represents everybody. So instead of being like, I need a piece of content from one person in every league, now you have that one person who's a border collie who you can like get content from. And then all the border collie people, for instance, that have a border collie pass, they're going to root for that person. And it allows you to create heroes and villains, create sort of narratives and stories for people to follow. So you can build up your own influencers in the bash. You don't have to bring other people in. Now it's like, oh, this is a legend. You know, like who who went undefeated? There was one team that went. FFRM, yeah. We gave him a free BG3 pass for life. He's a legend. He's a legend. You know what I mean? And he needs to be like, we need to make sure that people know that next year when he comes back, like this dude ain't lost. Just FYI. And I mean, like, what if he goes on another streak? Like, that's the kind of stuff that that's the narrative building you want. That's going to make him feel good. That's going to make us feel good. Bash competitors. And then when somebody does take him down, like Anna beat me. That has to feel good, I imagine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if I win, she's going to be like, yeah, I beat that guy. I yeah, beat that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that hurts, you know, but I'm happy for her. And that's cool. And that's something that her and I are going to go back for with that forever. You guys, you guys like Loki have a weird bond like that now. Yeah, yeah for I talked so when I, I was like, Anna, if we're going to beat me, I'll be so freaking mad. And then she dunks all over me, but I got revenge. So we're back to zero. But that's the thing. Now it's like, we're back to zero. I'm right to line Now up. you're already looking for I'm that right rivalry for next year. Yeah. yeah, bring it on. Just do me and Anna head to head all season. Let's go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to just be a part of, you know, innovation. That's the other thing, too, to me is like when I saw this project and the way you did it, just from a utility standpoint, like you said, a tech standpoint, there are so many things that every industry and not just fantasy, but as a creator, you now know you can open up your contract and see these are the 600 people that gave two flying fucks about me. Yep. You know what I mean? And say it doesn't mean everybody else didn't. You know what I mean? That's not what that means at all. But it's for you to say, you know, in those moments when maybe you're like, man, I'm not sure what's going down. I'm not sure if this is what I want. I'm just, you know, whatever that is for you, you can look at that and say these people believed in this yeah these people wanted to be a part of this that's who i'm writing for that's who i'm working for and if they want to do that and they have fun and they tell one person yeah right i'm gonna tell like 100 people the bash is only going to get bigger and more meaningful to everybody involved i'm curious in year one i'm curious about the demand for next year because i think a lot of the demand for this year was built off like a lot of the the hype and the promo video and stuff and like we're gonna have to obviously change things up a little bit for how we promote it next year And I think a lot of the, well, here's the thing, like you look at the discord, it's not the most engaging discord at this point, right? There's just the people that are left in it kind of talking and shit. So it's like mm-hmm. that 600 people that may want to repurchase could drop down to 150, 200 person as a business person. I'm realistic with uh, products and volume of sales and things like that. And that would probably be my estimate, but there are so many other avenues that we didn't really tap into. Like exactly. there was a three week period on YouTube where I stopped promoting it. And we were going through the shit because we had to figure out what the right direction for us was. And that missed out on probably a million views through YouTube videos. We also have like never promoted it through TikTok. I made a TikTok two weeks ago that popped uh, about the league. Someone just asked me like, how do you do it? How, it was something about, I don't remember what the fucking topic was, but someone asked like, how did you run a 600 person league? And I did a follow up reply to that comment. That reply video got like 200,000 views on TikTok. Basically, all the comments were like, how do I get in this next year? I'm like, you know, and I replied to each of them. And it sucks because momentum is not going to happen until like July. Yeah, it's August, J- January 2nd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, fuck. But uh, That's yeah, good, man, though. I mean, this is the dead. We're in the fantasy dead zone right now. It just started. You know what I mean? And to yeah. have people already thinking, like, how do I get in this for next year? You know what I mean? I think well, I, I think our, I think our first thing is that like the the initial I, I don't want to say anything like on that I, that I have to be quoted by. But yeah. I think easily 
if if people are out there and they're like, how do I get on this for sure? We'll say for sure, people who own a pass right now will pass, for yeah. sure get the get the crack at getting the first one for next, next one. one. Yeah. That's easy. And that's why I say it'll probably drop off to like 150, 200 people that actually buy for next year. But if you want it off season. There's another gamification thing there too, where it's like, there's only 600 of the first ones. So now everybody at the first one, you know, you're going to get dropped the second one, but it's like having a collection. You're one, you're two, you're right. three, you're four. And it's like, there's like to have that full set, that full spread. Again, you were talking, talking In 10 about 10 years the where time we are, horizon. Yeah. That's going to be huge, you know, and for brand loyalty, for you to be able to look back when you're the next bar stool and say, all right, these people were in the first one. And then there's like a dozen, only a dozen who have been through all of them. You're going to be in a place where you're like, those are my people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to be able to come back and say, that's my audience. These people help support me. And it's, it, it allows you, you know, because you can read comments, you know, people come in and comment on stuff and you kind of remember them. Yeah. But when they actually have physical doll, you know, a, a, an NFT in their wallet and that's attached to that person, you can say, I know that individual, you know, and I can reward them or I can bring them to this new place or I can just show appreciation. It's, 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 it's a fascinating piece of tech. And I think that, I think that a lot of, fantasy or dying fancy creators are going to model what you did where they're going to sell you nft it's not a ten thousand collection it might be 50 it might be 100 200 and they're going to find ways just to reward those people maybe it is just you can play in my fantasy league i'm mm -hmm. going to drop a dozen of these if you buy them you can play for i mean the model the fact that you put the model out there and you saw it through that means now it can be replicated and yeah. that's going to be huge you know and that that, that i just love I it i love it right now yeah, think about I, it yeah but i think it's crazy it's just like it's it's untapped and again you were a year early. This next year, it's going to be so commonplace. Like I'm just like so convinced that so many people are going to try to replicate. I still what you've think done we're, I think we'll probably rip off like another bash, if not two, before people actually try to replicate it. Because the only people that are capable be, of replicating it would be like the footballers who will not put their hands on this whatsoever. Yeah. Something NFT related. Um, and there are not a lot of other brands that I think can pull it off in terms of volume for people actually paying to get in for that and having like a community built around it. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll we'll see. I still think it'll probably be another year or two before people feel like they're comfortable with it. Yeah, I agree. And I but but also, I mean, uh, you know, again, it's the model. You know, once they see you go through it and they they're gonna learn from you. I think we're gonna see platforms pull it in too. We already have the DraftKings Rainmakers. You know, it's gonna be one of those things where somebody's gonna pay four or five thousand dollars to have like every year for the rest of my life three hundred you know entries yeah. every year or something like that. And it's just gonna be. It's going to be model. It's going to be modeled as a way to reward the people who want to who want to really be a part of something long term. So, yeah, Bloodsport commented, "If you're incorporating NFTs to the BG community, then I am joining. You're you're a year late, but don't worry, there are, there are more coming. But that's what I'm saying. Like we're going to put anyone that owned the season one pass is auto on the whitelist to be first priority for the season two pass. That's and the thing. If, and you, you your time horizon is amazing because you're just like you see." past what's right here you know what i mean and it's 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 cool to watch that and to be up to be a part of that is fascinating and amazing as right as well you know but you, you know you're again, about as part of it as you can fucking get right not, now no, i need to get number one still yeah. still working still working i could literally be half as much as i am to if i don't win so you need to get all the way up there yeah. but it, yeah nfts and it's they've been so cheesy this last year this last year was such a cheesy year for nfts so bad so well funny. again it's like I have fucking wallets full of bullshit and I'm none of them have got me to New York city. None sure. of them got me, you know, I didn't, none of them got me a selfie with Ike. None of them got me <laughs> most that, valuable part of the literally none energy. of them got me that chicken sandwich yesterday. The BDG pass did facts, big facts. chicken sandwiches only baby big box of chicken tendies. All right. Um, well, I think that's all we got 
for right now. Uh, I hope you all took home the hardware, or if you still have um, you're still players tonight, like Don't quit fighting, like Jordan is, then believe. fucking good luck. Believe, go eat a chicken sandwich or some shit. You'll have the same energy he's chicken got going Sammy. on right now. Chicken Sammy. Um, I look forward to the off season. We're gonna be doing a bunch of dynasty content. If you need IDP content, this man right here, we'll make sure to link his YouTube channel in the description down below. Go, go follow him on uh, Twitter at 50 Shades of Drunk. That's it. And you can follow me on uh, TikTok, which my personal TikTok is the same thing. It's just mostly kid content, my family, uh, dad content. But if you want to follow our, our business TikTok, it's at the IDP Army too. A um, little more football related stuff over there, obviously. Yes, sir. Um, so we're out of here. Make sure you follow along with the bash tonight. BigDogBash.com. Vlog in theaters on Wednesday. Documenting the weekend. Documenting uh, the the matchup between Jordan and David. It's going to be good shit. Ike Baby, if you're out there listening, you're a fool for not getting Bubba Coos today. Deuces. <laughs>